Welcome back to The Daily Poem here on the Close Reads Podcast Network. I am David Kern, and today is April 14th, 2020. And today's poem is by W.S. Merwin, an American poet who you have heard from on this podcast before. And the poem that I'm going to be reading is called Finding a Teacher. But I was uh, getting ready to record with my friends Heidi White and Tim McIntosh. We were getting ready to record uh, Close Reads, and I figured... I want to get Heidi and Tim in on this episode of The Daily Poem and help me explore this poem a little bit. So Heidi and Tim are actually here with me. Heidi, Tim, thanks for coming on The Daily Poem briefly here for a minute. Thanks, David. Thanks for having us, David. You've heard from Heidi on the show. She's filled in for me a couple of times. If you listen to the network, you have definitely heard from Tim. He hosts uh, our show, The Place of Thing, and is uh, on our Patreon bonus episodes and on the regular show. And you know, you're, you're probably familiar with him already. So Tim, is this your debut episode of The Daily Poem. This is my debut. All right, well, nervous. <laughs> well, I'm going to read as usual. I'm going to read the poem. As I said, it's called Finding a Teacher. I'll read it once and then we'll talk about it together for you know five minutes or so and then we will uh, read it again and then that'll be it for today's episode. But here is W.S. Merwin's Finding a Teacher. In the woods, I came on an old friend fishing and I asked him a question and he said, wait, Fish were rising in the deep stream, but his line was not stirring. But I waited. It was a question about the sun, about my two eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, the earth with its four seasons, my feet where I was standing, where I was going. It slipped through my hands as though it were water into the river. It flowed under the trees. It sank under halls far away and was gone without me. Then where I stood, night fell. I no longer knew what to ask. I could tell that his line had no hook. I understood that I was to stay and eat with him. So that's W.S. Merwin's Finding a Teacher. Hmm. That's lovely. Yeah, Merwin is interesting, of course, because you know it, it would probably be helpful for the two of you to be able to see the poem uh, to see where the line breaks are and stuff so if you want to google it you can <laughs> um but also you know there's something the the combination of the way his poems work sort of sonically if you will the, the, the way the sounds work is really interesting because you know his lines all blend together there is not one punctuation mark in this poem but there are moments when you know you're supposed to stop you know, you just intuitively feel like you're supposed to stop. But when I was reading it, I'm curious, when I was reading it, did it, did it leave you sensing that I was stopping at the right spots or maybe stopping at the wrong spots? Or did you feel like you wanted more on a specific idea or a specific moment? Did, how, how was the experience of hearing this poem? Because usually that's not something I get to, to talk about with people. You know, I just people might tell me later, oh, I listened to the podcast, it was great, or, or I hated that poem or whatever. <laughs> but you know, I don't usually get to talk to people in the moment and get their thoughts on what the poem sounded like. So I'd, I would love to hear that from you all. Tim, what was the experience like for you at just hearing it? It sounded to me, for whatever it's worth, like you broke in all the right places. But now I'm going to contradict myself a little bit. When I was, I kind of pictured the poem as you were, you know, like right when you finished reading it, I pictured mm -hmm. the poem and I was like, oh, it's a really neat column with sort of short lines. Um, I didn't imagine what the punctuation was like, but I thought it was a very neat column. And then you tell us, no, it's actually not, you know, like it sounds like it's not like indented hard left 
it's a little bit scattered on the page and it has no punctuation. Is that right, David? Yes. Yeah, so the first, it's divided into five stanzas and the first stanza is three lines and, and those lines go, in the woods I came on an old friend fishing. So that's the first line. And then the second line is, and I asked him a question. And then the third line is, and he said, wait. So that's the first stanza. Mm-hmm. Then the second stanza has four lines of varying um, um, lengths. And then the next one has five lines. And then the next one has seven lines. And then the final one goes back and echoes the first line, the first stanza, and has three lines. Uh, and those get progressively longer as you go instead of progressively shorter. So it's certainly not um, quite as um, precisely visually structured as what you're, what you're saying there. Yeah. I said the word scattered, like it's scattered across the page. I don't mean to imply that Mr. Merwin is just kind of like, hey, let's, let's put a line here. Let's just toss it out there and see where it lands. Yes. I it's not. Yeah. Heidi, what about you? I, I love hearing Merwin read because I, I get so much of a better feel of the flow of the ideas of the poem. I find with Merwin that, and now I'm looking at, I did Google it. Now I'm looking at the poem and having the experience I often do with Merwin, which is his, uh, his stands, even though he writes in free verse, um, everything is so intentionally placed that that's where my eyes tend to be drawn. Um, for example, in the second stanza, there's two lines that begin with the same word, but and the third stanza, there's three lines that begin with the same word, my. Yeah. Uh, and the next one, there's three loop lines that begin with it. And and so I'm I'm so drawn to those details when I see it that I just mm-hmm. I love to hear it read uh, because then I'm 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 listening kind of to the whole narrative of the poem rather than just looking at those little details. Yeah, yeah, but those details also add to the sort of you know. Um, they're like the structural markers of the poem too. Like, right. You need both. And they're giving you a sense of momentum. Like you mentioned the, the third stanza where the second, third and fourth lines of that stanza begin with the words, my, and that's the stanza that goes about my two eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, the earth has its four seasons, my feet where I was standing, where I was going like that. And after that sense of like repetition gives you a sort of momentum as a reader. Like, I think it signals the approach you're supposed to take when you're reading it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, Tim's a playwright. And so there's certain moments I feel like when you're, when you read a play or you, you see someone reciting lines from a play that it's clear that the playwright has given clues through the structure of yeah. the language that this, that there's a certain sort of momentum you're supposed to take, whether you're supposed to speed up or slow down. And poetry has a sort of stage direction about it in that way, you know, mm-hmm. um, even, and it doesn't mean that a short line, for example, is telling you go slower. It, it could in some ways be saying go faster or whatever. <laughs> Right. Well, this poem has, you know, there's references to fishing and of course that implies water and it flows like water. There's, there's just this fluid nature to this poem that are we talking about the fish? Are we talking about the friend? Are we talking about the earth? Are we talking about his body? Like there's, there's just this fluid nature. uh, And then those markers, as you say, provide a structure to it. Hmm. Um. And man, I'm so intrigued by this title. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second because that was going to be my last uh, question before we go here for the day. Tim, what do you think of that title? Finding a Teacher is the, is the name of the, 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 the uh, poem, but never in the poem is the word teacher actually right. 
Um, so well, it, what's your take? It made me think, you know, he, this, our lead character, I still read poems like plays. Huh. It's such a bad habit. But our lead character um, sees his friend fishing in the woods and he has a question about the sun. So it kind of positions the man who's fishing as the prospective teacher. <laughs> yeah. And it, for me, the key, like one of the lines that really jumped off the page for me was, did it say that he was, that his line had no hook? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The final stanza goes like this. I no longer knew what to ask. I could tell that his line had no hook. I understood that I was to stay and eat with him. Gosh. I don't know. I'm just going to sit with that one for a while. Yeah, sometimes it's that's a, It's a lovely poem because this, to me, evokes Christ, the, the man fishing that's what I on the edge of the one, the invitation to gather around the table. And when I think that that's what is so lovely about poetry is that we bring to it our own set of assumptions, our own illusions, our own w- illusions with an A, <laughs> our, maybe with an I as well, but we, we bring ourselves to the poem. And so in a, poem like this in which there's this great depth under the surface this subtext then then we bring ourselves uh and our own stories to this and we hear things from it Mm. Mm. it's toward that end it makes me think so our the character that we that we're with kind of shows up with it sounds like cosmological questions yeah like the question about the sun and what are the other things that it kind of shifts a little bit what are the other things i'm not looking the at the earth poem, with its four seasons yeah yeah the it was a question stream. yeah it was a question about the sun about my two eyes my ears my mouth my heart the earth with its four seasons my feet where i was standing where i was going and then it says it slipped through my hands. The next stanza begins to talk about how the question at least seems to slip through my hands. But then I was wondering, do you think that, is it the question that's slipping through his hands or is it the sun that's slipping through his hands? As if the days pass. The, or the what, David, that's slipping through his sun, hands? Sun, perhaps. And I was imagining huh. kind of, oh. Okay. I mean, I think it could be both, but, um, but I think that like, you, you know how sometimes you'll sit somewhere and especially if he's been told to wait and he's not supposed to, and they're not talking and you're just thinking and you know maybe he's sticking his hands and he's watching he's sticking his hands out in front of him and he's maybe watching the sun go through his fingers and like playing on the water or something and then like as he's thinking about the question the question fades away and the water or the sun even begins to slip through his hands um, mm. because the it pronoun it's not totally clear what that is referencing mm-hmm. so I, lo- I love the idea of like the, uh, the question fading away just as the day kind of slips through his fingers you know yeah. Especially when you think of the day as a thing that you can sort of seize, right? You seize the day, but then if you're seizing it, then it can slip to your feet, you know, using that same metaphor, the idea of grabbing something, you know, you feel like you're going to accomplish something, but then the day fades away and it slipped through your fingers and just whatever you were trying to accomplish has slipped through your fingers. Mm. And in the end, you know, all you've been taught is sometimes you have to wait. And then at the end of the day, you eat. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. And then it becomes un, unclear in a really lovely way who then the teacher is, because I, I think Tim's right that at, at first the implication is to the man who's fishing, but then it could also be the question that is the teacher. It could also be the son that is the teacher. It could also be the, the stumbling upon an unexpected uh, experience in the day that is the teacher. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's all of these wonderful ambiguities that again, we bring ourselves to mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. as the poem. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think at the end, the implication though, is that he has, because at the beginning he has a question, right? And then at the end mm-hmm. he understands. And there is a sort of resolution, maybe not to the yes. that he had, but like there is a sort of resolution to the poem and, or, or at least there's one implied, even if it's within the soul of the person, right? Like he, he starts out with a question and at the end he understands and he might be understanding that the original question that he had was, you know, not as important or that the answer that he was given was in the waiting, that the, the man knew that the answer was there, but only if he thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you have to live with questions to get them answered. Uh, mm-hmm. being and t- eat with them as a friend, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Gather around the table. Yeah. Well, um, that's, that's uh, you know, we've gone long enough for today's episode, but um, thanks, for, thanks for your comments. Heidi, since you have it in front of you, do you want to read it for the second time for us and then I'll close this out? Sure. Finding a teacher. In the woods, I came on an old friend fishing, and I asked him a question, and he said, wait. Fish were rising in the deep stream, but his line was not stirring, but I waited. It was a question about the sun, about my two eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, the earth with its four seasons, my feet where I was standing, where I was going. It slipped through my hands as though it were water into the river. It flowed under the trees. It sank under holes far away and was gone without me. Then where I stood, night fell. I no longer knew what to ask. I could tell that his line had no hook. I understood that I was to stay and eat with him. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much to Heidi and Tim for joining me and chatting for a few minutes. Be back tomorrow with another poem for you.